In this episode, we will be discussing sexual assault. Please be mindful of when and where you listen. Welcome to Sincerely South. The Sincerely South podcast series is brought to you by the College of Education and Professional Studies at the University of South Alabama. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Gaston. And with me today is uh, several guests. We have Dr. Candace Selwyn, who is the Assistant Professor of Community Mental Health Nursing and the Director of the uh, Heart Project. We also have uh, Tristan Grantham, who is a heart intern, and uh, Kat Loveless, who is a SANE coordinator, and we'll find out what, what that's all about in just a little bit. So, Candace, this is your first time on the show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So, will you tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you uh, got to South, kind of tell us your education journey, what brought you here? Great. So, I was born and raised in Mobile, and South appealed to me for many reasons. So, I got all of my degrees from here, oh, wow. starting undergraduate all the way through PhD, uh, majoring in psychology, and got my a PhD in clinical counseling psychology. The program really appealed to me because it brought both aspects of clinical and counseling psychology together. So it really emphasized evidence-based practice and research as well as doing work that was important for you know improving the health of the community. And so then when I had the opportunity to join faculty in the College of Nursing, I jumped right on it so I could stay at my home place and continue to do good work in the community. So combined between the amount of time here as a student and as an employee, how many years have you been here at the university? Oh, let's see. Oh, now I have to do math on the spot. <laughs> oh, so. sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> let's see, about, I guess, 16 years well, or so, yes. all the way from undergrad, I went straight through, so. Very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm becoming part of the institution. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, well, okay, well, um, let's jump over real quick and learn a little bit about Tristan and Kat. So, Tristan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am from Starkville, Mississippi, originally. And in Mississippi, I went to the University for Women. And they have a really good public health program, and that's what I got my undergrad in. But while I was an undergrad, you know, you learn a little bit about, like, different health phenomenons that are going on in the world. And my last semester, sexual assault was a topic. We only talked about it for a week. So coming to grad school, I wanted to go to a program that kind of, like, elaborated more on that. So I came to South, and health promotion is the program I'm in. And I actually wrote my summary and essay on why I wanted to go to South. And I actually did it on sexual assault. And since then, I got in touch with Dr. Selwyn, and I've been interning for HEART. Very good. All right, and we'll find out more about that in just a minute. So, Kat, how about you? Tell us a little about yourself. It's a very short. It's a lot shorter than Candace's. Um, I was actually born and raised in Birmingham, and I went to high school there, came to South more so to kind of get away from my parents. I love them both so much, if you're listening. Sure. Love you both. <laughs> But I, it was kind of like a, it was far enough away that I had some independence, but it was still close enough where I could go home if I wanted to. Um, came here for my undergraduate nursing, and it really wasn't discussed. Forensic nursing, sexual assault nursing, you kind of didn't hear about it throughout the undergrad process. So I originally started out being a pediatric nurse. I kind of prefer little people. Um, so I spent a couple years doing that, and then I started hearing about sexual assault nursing and forensic nursing. 
and kind of started to dip my toes into that. And then it kind of transformed into that's my full-time career now. Um, and I'm still able to incorporate pediatrics in that, which was really important. But I do a lot of focus on sexual assault and I really enjoy it. Well, and okay, so uh, both of you had brought brought up that topic of, of sexual assault. So um, let's talk about that a little bit in terms of um, on college campuses and uh, some of the statistics and, and impacts of that. Can you speak to that uh, a little bit, Candace? Yes, absolutely. So uh, national surveys show that 13% of undergraduate students will be sexually assaulted during college. And when you look specifically at female students, that number doubles. So 26% of wow. young women in college will be assaulted during their time at, at a university, as well as 23% of trans students or gender nonconforming. So it's a significant problem on college campuses. The way that I frame that for people, though, is this sexual assault is a problem in any community, and campuses are a community unto themselves, although we do know that college-age individuals are at higher risk for sexual assault. Um, so thinking about this um, sexual assault, it, can can we talk a little bit more about maybe what that entails because it may it may involve some things that not everybody's aware of. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of people hear sexual assault and they think about rape. And rape really is a legal term. Sexual assault encompasses a wide range of experiences. And the way that I've framed that is sexual assault is any time that someone's body has been violated without their, you know, it's their body has been um touched or used in a way without their explicit permission. So that it can include a wide range of experiences such as fondling. Um, it's not necessarily sex, which people think of. And so we, we want people to understand that because many people might be having these experiences and they have some type of internal sense that something's not quite right, but they haven't been given the language to actually talk about that experience. Okay. So... Let's get into uh, this the the Heart Project and um, tell us about where where the funding came and kind of the story behind this that we have here at South now. Yeah, so when I joined the College of Nursing, um, I already had a background in working, particularly with women who'd experienced interpersonal trauma, including sexual assault. And then I met this wonderful team of nurses here that were already doing this work, that were being trained as sexual assault nurse examiners and forensic nurses. And then this grant call came out from the Office for Victims of Crime to establish a SANE program, which is Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner program on a college campus. And we were well positioned to receive that funding because we had already had some federal support to, to train nurses for that type of work. And so we um, gathered key stakeholders on campus, including representatives from student health, our administrators on campus, Title IX, put together a proposal for what we thought that our campus needed, which was specifically medical care for students who had been sexually assaulted on campus. So South already had a lot of great resources. We had an advocacy program. Uh, we had a counseling center where students received free counseling. We have an accredited university police department, but we really lacked medical services for students who'd been sexually assaulted. And, and so that's where this really came from. And so, and Kat, this is where you come in, right? So I uh, mentioned earlier, you are a, the SANE coordinator, but we just learned that SANE stands for Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
So your sexual assault nurse examiners are registered nurses that are specially trained to deal with sexual violence, domestic violence, um, kind of anything all-encompassing, like Candace said, sexual assault is more of a broad term. A lot of the times rape is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but we are very lucky in our community, which seems to be lacking, as I've discovered, going around to other places to have such a large medical presence as well as um, advocacy, kind of a whole combination of the of the two or of the multiple different facets. Um, but SANES are typically who will come out and do a sexual assault kit, so collect the forensic evidence. Um, and then they'll also, um, I'm poised in the coordinator position to be able to work with law enforcement, with the DA's office, and kind of be an advocate for encouraging medical presence and encouraging people to come in, even if you know reporting to law enforcement is not their primary goal. We still want to encourage people to come in and receive the medical attention because we are kind of, we have a constraint of five days to be able to do those kits, but it's a lot more than just evidence collection. It's a really good opportunity to sit down with a medical provider that specializes in this kind of stuff and explain, you know, what's going on with their body, what's normal, um, and have a really good rapport and communication about sexual assault and kind of how to move on, you know, move past what's happened. Um, so I just really highly encourage for people in the area to utilize the services that we have. Um, as I've traveled across the country, um, many people say that what we have going on in Mobile is unusual um, in that law enforcement, medical advocacy, you know, local college campuses don't advocate with each other the same way that we do and, and coordinate. So it's, we have something really special here and we're trying to just build it and kind of create the best program in the area so that other places can kind of jump on board. So did this uh, cooperation between the different entities, uh, the medical side, uh, the police, the counseling and all that was, did that all come together uh, through this heart project or was it, or those things already in place prior to that? A lot of that was already in place. So we had a, a community or a hospital-based SANE program and that did already involve, you know, nurses providing this care to patients in the community, working closely with law enforcement. Um, the Mobile Police Department had already received funding from the Sexual Assault Kit Initiative. So this was on the radar of the community. But what we really lacked was any specific focus on medical attention on the college campus. And we were actually, in fact, one of only eight grantees to receive this funding. So doing this type of work, providing medical forensic care, that sexual assault exam on a college campus is, is really rare. Not many places are doing that. And so that was why, you know, we want to be a leader in this area and to and to be a model, like Kat said, for other campuses that might want to do something similar and to really bring together medical professionals, law enforcement, advocates, counselors on a college campus in a really systemic way to respond to sexual assault. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. Um, Tristan, so for you coming here to the to the South to, to go through this um, program, um, was the, the HEART project already around when you joined? Yes, so HEART was already around and actually one of my graduate professors to put me in touch with Dr. Selwyn. And so that's how I came on, on board with HEART. And so in what is your capacity in, in it right now? 
So right now, for only one more week, I am a graduate intern. I graduate next week, so a little sad leaving heart, but um, I help out with outreach and volunteer work. So a big thing that we really promoted this semester is outreach throughout the university and the community. So we've been able to talk to a lot of student organizations and organizations throughout the community. So it's been a really growing experience hearing people's stories, but also teaching the importance of getting examined after you're sexually assaulted and what actually sexual assault is. There's different forms like we talked about earlier. But one thing we really talk to with students is like, you can be in a relationship, you can be in a relationship for four years. And if you're getting tricked to tricked into having sexual intercourse with anyone, especially a partner, like that's sexual assault. So another thing we've talked about too during our outreach presentations is healthy relationships. You know, when you're in college, you tend to have those unhealthy relationships. So promoting healthy relationships throughout, just not even with a sexual partner, but friendships too, like that's something to look out for. And throughout our outreach, you know, we've talked to a very diverse amount of people. Like this university is very diverse and I'm very thankful for that. Like when you have a university that backs up a project like this, it's just a very good feeling. Fantastic, okay. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll find out a little bit more about the Heart Project. We'll be right back. At the University of South Alabama, we inspire. We illuminate. We generate ideas that propel our region forward. We transform our students into leaders who have the confidence, knowledge, and ability to change their communities for the better. Together, we make a lasting impact on the world around us. We are your University of South Alabama. At the University of South Alabama College of Education and Professional Studies, we inspire others to learn. Our faculty at South are experts in their fields and ignite a passion for teaching in their students. You can become an educational innovator and thought leader with a graduate degree from South. We offer a variety of masters, educational specialists, and doctoral degrees, and we are ready to help you with your next professional goal. Our programs are flexible and many can be completed fully online. Now is the time to earn a graduate degree. Through the Educator Excellence Scholarship, you may be eligible for a 20% tuition reduction for six consecutive semesters. Graduate students majoring in a teacher education program who have previously earned an Alabama Professional Educator Certificate automatically qualify for this scholarship. Teach. Inspire. Innovate. And, and lead with, with a degree, degree from South. Welcome back. We're here today with Dr. Candace Selwyn, uh, Tristan Grantham, and Kat Loveless. So we're talking about the, the Heart Project here at South Alabama. And let me um, walk me through the process. Let's say that I am a student on campus and something has happened. I have been involved in a sexual assault as a victim and I, I need to know what to do. So what are my first steps? Well, we do know that a lot of students are first going to go online, right? They're going to Google what to do. And just for students on our campus to be aware that we do have a website that's located on the Student Health Center webpage. And so we have a whole tab that will walk you through what that process will look like. 
But if you don't want to do that first, then we've tried to make our program as accessible as possible. So the Student Health Center is our home base, particularly for that medical care. A student can walk in and report that they have had this experience. And then the staff there kind of activate our response team. They can call ahead and make an appointment and then we'll know that to be expecting them. But they can also reach out to other resources on campus, such as our, our support advocate program, our counseling and testing center, or even the police department, if that's the route that they're deciding to go. Because we do work so closely with all these different departments on campus, they're very familiar with the heart project and do know to direct that student to the student health center for medical care well what if um what are the expectations of for the victim so for example let's say i I came in and physically i want to make sure i'm okay but maybe i'm not quite sure if I'm ready to report it to the police or something? Yeah, that's very common. So we, when we were developing this program, we know that a lot of victim survivors don't really want to go through with reporting to law enforcement. Students don't necessarily want to involve Title IX. And so when a student presents to the Student Health Center, they are met by a SANE, so a forensic nurse that's had this special training, who is accompanied by an advocate. And they both walk that student through all of their options. But we want students to know that from when they walk in the door at the Student Health Center, what they say to their nurse and their advocate is completely confidential. So the nurse and the advocate are not required to report to Title IX. They will not be reporting to law enforcement unless that student decides that's something that they want to do. The only exception to that confidentiality is if the student is under the age of 18. So we may have some students that are 17 and they do need to be aware that they would be considered legally a child and that would be something we'd be required to report. And then also if the incident presents a danger to the greater campus. So let's say that this was an incident where a stranger kind of came onto campus and abducted someone that poses a threat to the entire campus and we would be required to involve law enforcement at that point. But only the information necessary to keep the campus safe is disclosed. So we're still protecting as much information as we're legally able to. Okay. And so that's really going to be the the main thing is either going to the website and we'll be sure to post the link in our show notes so you can directly get to it or coming to the Student Health Center and, and letting the process start there. Yes. And if a student needs services outside of those regular hours of operation at the Student Health Center, they can go to the freestanding emergency department that's recently opened next to campus. And that is the program that CAT coordinates. So she can really speak to that care, but they can access that care 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, do you mind talking about that a little bit more? Um, And also with students too, sometimes just the proximity and being on campus and possibly being recognized by other students can kind of create a barrier. So they do want to seek services off campus. Um, We have nurses that work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So there's always going to be a SANE on call if someone is to present with... um, reports of sexual assault. We also have an advocacy organization. We work with Lifelines, um, the Rape Crisis Center. We also have a community room there. If some people are um, being in the hospital can kind of be a little too much in that time. 
But once they present to the freestanding emergency department, the nurse will send them back to a private room. They'll notify an advocate and then a sexual assault nurse. And we kind of take it over from there. Before we get there, the patient's medically screened. And then we kind of explain the kit, the process that it entails. Um, Thankfully, in the state of Alabama, you can get a kit and be labeled as a Jane Doe. So no one has to know who it is. Law enforcement doesn't have to be notified other than Candace's um, kind of exceptions in there. But once they present, we kind of go over everything with them, explain the medical exam. We will notify law enforcement if that's something they want to do and kind of be a liaison for reporting that. Um, But we'll do the full kit, the full exam, um, it's a couple different swabs on the body. It kind of depends on, you know, what is being reported in that sexual assault. We take photos. Um, and another important thing that I think a lot of students are more mindful of is we can still provide the STI prophylaxis and then the morning after the plan B pill, regardless of if you wanting a kit or to report. And that all is free. So the state of Alabama will provide a kit and then the fee for the sexual assault nurse is all 100% free to the patient. They shouldn't receive a bill. Um, There are some medical, if they have to get medically screened and there's something else going on, but for the actual kit and to see a sane nurse, it's 100% free. Um, So I don't want students to think that this is a financial issue or something that insurance is gonna get billed and parents are gonna find out that way if it's not something that they're wanting to share. Um, So knowing that that resource is available is really important. Some great information really good um so uh, a couple of things um first i wanted to ask tristan so you're graduating so what what's next for you where are you going from here okay so i got a job at usa health as the clinical regulatory specialist and i'll be working in the mitchell cancer center fantastic yeah so we get to keep you around yes and i do want to come volunteer with heart though that's great yeah that's really good. That speaks a lot to the program that you've helped create. And in addition to Tristan as our intern, we have two other um, undergraduate students that we refer to as our student ambassadors, and they've been involved with the project for over a year now. So we, it's been important to us to have student input as we develop the program, and it's been so valuable because they tell us things that we would otherwise have no idea about as faculty. Sure. Yeah. Right. And students are also a lot more willing to listen to their peers versus all of us saying, hey, go do this, do this. Yes. And there's also just trends that we don't understand or know about on campus um, that kind of inform the way that we can practice medicine as well. Um, and being able to kind of notice that stuff in the community, you find out a lot more from your student ambassadors. And just because our campus is so large and diverse, we're really having to you know, hone in on education because we're seeing people from so many various cultural backgrounds um, that may not understand that what's happened to them is sexual assault. So that education, especially coming from the students, I think has been more effective than if we go out and try to to educate because we're just, you know, old people I know I know and you know what Kat was saying made me remember that one of the things that we from the very beginning when trying to build this program our team reckoned with we understand that universities 
as a whole have a, a bad reputation and historically have not handled cases of sexual assault well. You know, they may have dismissed them or not investigated those reports. And so we knew that we had a lot of trust to build with our students before they would even think that we were a credible organization that was really there to promote their well-being. And I think that the students have been a key piece of that because they are representing heart when they go and they do their outreach activities and in a way vouching for us and saying, yes, this is a group worth trusting. Very good. So in kind of thinking from a bigger perspective, um, because you mentioned that not a lot of of colleges are doing this. So you're kind of building a, a, a template Right. Is this is the idea maybe to, to get this and then be able to share this with other universities? Yes, we sure hope so. So actually, last night we just did a presentation for another group um, that is working with other campuses that they might not necessarily be trying to do the exact same thing that we're doing, but just knowing um, different frameworks that are out there. Because when we started to build this program, there was so much that we didn't know we didn't know. So I like to tell people when in the, when we wrote the grant, we gave ourselves six months to, to develop this brand new program and launch it. And it really turned into a year because once you get into the weeds of it, sure. you realize all the, the pieces that you need to pay attention to. And the last thing that we wanted was to launch a program that wasn't really ready yet and, and to ruin that trust for a student if they sought care and we weren't living up to our standards. Right. So well, what's next for... Uh, the heart project is there are, are is there more things happening down the line or what what's the vision well we are constantly looking for ways to improve so i would say that we're just continuously looking for okay what could we be doing better and what are we not doing that we could be doing because we do have a mission to both prevent sexual violence on campus and to respond to instances of sexual violence and so what i think that what will continue to grow is that outreach and that education because we would much rather prevent these instances from happening to begin with um, then, then have to respond to them after the fact. Sure, very good. Um, okay, well, this has been great. I I learned a lot today, and I really enjoyed speaking with all of you. Any parting words? Yes, we do have Instagram. Um, you South Ale Heart. Yes, we'll we'll put that in the show notes okay, too, right? <laughs> so Absolutely. follow and share. <laughs> very good. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for being here, and thank those of you for listening today. As long as we keep talking to each other, we'll make it together through this thing called life. Sincerely, South. The Sincerely South podcast series is brought to you by the University of South Alabama College of Education and Professional Studies. Follow the college Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages at U-S-A-C-E-P-S for the latest news. The podcast episodes are engineered and directed by Dr. Joe Gaston. Our executive producer is Dr. Trace DeFurek. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only and are not necessarily acting as representatives for the university or for their places of employment. Copyright 2024. All rights reserved.